Well, hallelujah. Isn't Jesus such a wonderful King, Brother, Savior, Redeemer? Where is our, are our LTS students in here tonight? Wave your hand if you were an LTS today. whole bunch of you all over the house. And we talked about trials and tests today. And uh, what was the bottom line takeaway to our LTS students for today? Someone want to shout it out? Pray and obey. That's right. And so um, we have such an incredible, incredible God that He made a way for us to talk to Him even though you can't see Him with your eyes. That you can talk to Him, that He leads you, He directs you, and then just obey Him. Hallelujah. What, what kind of God is that good? He hasn't just like turned us loose and said, I don't know. We'll see you in several million years. But He is keenly interested in your success in the kingdom. So turn with me, if you would, over to Luke chapter 5. This has been our text for week after week after week. And um, I don't even know how many sermons are in this series anymore. But our series, Healing is the Will of God, is what we are on. And we have covered 25 reasons of why we believe, Bible reasons, why we believe that it's God's will to heal everybody. And tonight, we are going to cover another seven reasons. Now, I told my wife that on the way to the service, and the look of unbelief that went across her face. And I started laughing and I said, you don't think we can do it, do you? She's like, uh. I said, well, I quoted a Bible verse. Because see, that's what you should do when you have doubters. You should quote the Word. I said, well, all things are possible to him who preaches for a long time. So uh, I believe we're going to get through another seven reasons and conclude our series tonight. But at least we're going to give it a good shot. Let's put it that way. So Luke chapter 5 if you have found it in your Bible. It says, While he was in one of the towns, a man was there who had a serious skin disease all over him. He saw Jesus, fell face down, and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And reaching out his hand, he touched him, saying, I am willing, be made clean. And immediately, the disease left him. Let's say that together. I am willing... Be made clean. clean. That's Jesus' words. So 25 reasons that we went over, I'll list them real quickly. Starting with number one, God's Word is medicine. A strong spirit will sustain you. God's original creation was void of sickness. God's will in heaven and the new creation that is to come is also void of sickness. The origin of sickness, we saw that came because of sin. We saw that sickness is a work of the devil. An eternal name of God is Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. And then there's the covenant of healing that He established. And we saw that sickness is a part of the curse of the law and that Jesus has redeemed us from that same curse of the law. In Galatians 3.13 is where you can find that. We said that healing belongs to us and it's the will of God because of Job. And if you're new to us here tonight and that sounds weird to you, go back on our website, find the sermon, listen to it, and I think you will agree 
that because of Job, we can believe in healing. Then there is all the types of healing or, or, the, or healing that was in the Old Covenant types of redemption. And then there's healing in redemption itself. By His wounds, we are healed. We answered the question about Paul's thorn in his flesh. And we also, uh, reason number 14 was because of the first fruits of resurrection. That the Lord cares about our bodies. Our physical body, not just our spirit. We recognize that God is a good father and a good father doesn't make his kids sick. Right? Just natural knowledge will teach you that. You don't even need a divine revelation of it. In, in verse 16, now there is plenty, uh, of reason 16, there is plenty of, of divine revelation regarding this subject, alright? A lot of times we as church people, we just think stupid things. We believe lies, and then we make these agreements and that are just outlandish, and they're just nowhere near the truth. And so we saw that healing is the children's bread. We saw that healing is a mercy of God. And then we saw that we were given authority over demons and disease. We looked at the laying on of hands. Jesus said they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We saw that simple faith, overcoming faith, is enough for a person to be healed. According to your faith, be it unto you. And then we asked the question, well, what about doctors and medicine? And how does faith work with that? And we answered that question. And then reason number 21 is we looked at the continuing ministry of Jesus. His ministry didn't stop when He went and sat on the throne, but His ministry continued on in His body in the earth, in the church, in the early church, in Acts. And reason number 22 was because of the signs and wonders, gifts of healing that were given to the church. Number 23, we are commanded to pray for healing. Now, it would be silly to command us to pray for something that we can't have. But we're commanded to pray for healing. Reason number 24, because of the all-inclusive promises of God. Whosoever will, those promises. The promises that whosoever can believe. To Him, all things are possible. And then reason number 25, why we believe that healing is the will of God for everyone is because He promised us long life. And if you're going to live a long time, you're going to probably need some healing at some point. I know I have. So, question for you. Do you believe it's God's will to heal? Yes, every day of the week and twice on days that end and why. Three times if necessary. You know, the reason that we've gone through these 25 reasons so methodically is because we have to become fully persuaded. And maybe you say, well, yeah, but I was persuaded back at reason number one. Well, that's great, but let's get, you know, faith is of the heart. And let's get it just past our head knowledge and we stay on this long enough and we just look at reason after reason after reason after reason until you get it down in your spirit, down in your heart, and in the moment of the trial, then the Word of God is already there. And faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word. And you know God's will about this. And you know it's not His will for me to have this sickness, disease, deformity, whatever it is. And then you can pray in faith. So that's why we've stayed on this again and again and again. We're getting it deep down into our spirits. Another question, how do you find the will of God? 
In the Word. That's right. The Word of God reveals the will of God. So that's what we've been doing, is looking at reason after reason after reason and saying, well, it is the will of God because, and listing these reasons. So, we are confident that it is God's will to heal everyone. And reason number 26 is because He is the vine and we are the branches. In John 15, Jesus made a statement. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. So, what kind of vine is He? Is He a sick vine? A weak vine? A broken down vine? A diseased vine? No, He's not at all. Is He a strong vine? A healthy vine? Yes, yes. I mean, if you just look at a plant, Does it make sense to say, well, weak, sick, broken branches, healthy, strong vine? No, that doesn't even go together. It doesn't work that way. The the, the branches are not weak while the vine is strong. In fact, the life that's in the vine is the same life that's in the branch. Let's say it the other way. The life you see in the branch, it comes out of the vine. So sickness and disease is, is not a blessing. It's not a blessing in disguise. It's not a blessing any other way. It's just simply not a blessing. We've recognized the Word says quite the opposite. It says it's a a curse. And so the trouble with this is is that folks know this much when they look at nature, but then they believe silly things when it comes to our bodies. You know, nobody goes out in the garden and goes, well, praise the Lord. He has really blessed my tomato plants. They got blights and all kinds of disease on them. They're not going to bear any fruit this year. Man, that is a blessing in disguise. Nobody's that stupid. Right? Because that's what that would be. You don't go out in the field and go, well, praise the Lord. The corn this year has got a big disease in it. So it's just all fruitless. That doesn't make sense. No, if you find sickness in your garden or in your flower bed, what do you do? You get it out. You get that plant out before it spreads to the others. It is not a blessing. It's a curse. And any gardener knows that. You know, sickness in your crops aren't a blessing. Sickness in your livestock is not a blessing. Sickness in your orchard is not a blessing. Sickness in your vineyard is not a blessing. And we need to have enough sense to know that sickness in our bodies is not a blessing either. If it's good for you, then it's good for your plant. I mean, if sickness is God's way of blessing you, then it would also be His way of blessing the tomato plant or the cucumbers. Now, if it's cauliflower, it might be a blessing. No, that's not true. Now, we have a strong vine, a healthy vine, a holy vine. That's what you and I are connected to and what we're a part of. And there's no sickness, no death, no darkness in our vine. So reason number 26 is because He is the vine and we are the branches. Reason number 27 of why we're certain that healing is the will of God today is because our bodies are members of Christ. Our bodies are members of Christ. Many of the reasons tonight are very closely connected, but it addresses a different aspect of it. comes at it from a different angle. And so, all of the reasons tonight, we could probably almost lump into one reason, yet it shows different aspects of the same principle. In 1 Corinthians 12, there is this Scripture. It says, now you are the body of Christ 
and individual members of it. You are the body of Christ and individual members of it. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 15, you can turn there. 6.15 says, Don't you know, and he's asking the question, don't you know that your bodies, everyone say, my body. body. Don't you know that your bodies are a part of Christ's body? You know, I can look at my finger, finger. Do you realize that you're a part of Sydney's body? See, it makes sense to us when we can see it, right? Well, it's the same way with Christ's body. You know, it's not just your spirit that's been made one with Him. The Lord's also keenly interested in your body. And in fact, your body is the Lord's is what the Word says. And so, He is so interested in our body that He wasn't just content with redeeming just our spirit and soul, but He also made provision for our body and resurrection is coming. And if you need, as Brother Keith Moore would say, if you need healing in your body, that's just a mini-resurrection. A little bit of healing. A little bit of resurrection going on. Let's say this. My body is a part of Christ. It's a member of Christ. It can't be His will for my body to be sick. I mean, consider it. Jesus is the head. He's the head of the church. He's the head of the body. So if you look up here at my body, my head, all right, everything from here down is, is the body. All right? Everything from the top of the neck down is part of the body. The rest of it's head. Where does my whole body get its direction from? The head. So if my finger starts to hurt and ache and carry on, you know, do I get all happy that, wow, my head has really blessed my finger? No, my head didn't do that at all. It's not from the head. It's from something else, right? And that thing gets my attention. And, and my whole body cares for it. Well, let's say it a different way because our directions come from the head of the church. Let's look at businesses. How many heads of businesses, how many heads of corporations are happy when their employees are sick and can't show up for work? They're not. That costs them money. They don't like that at all. And in fact, Jesus, He is our head and He needs you and I to be at 100% to be able to accomplish what we need to accomplish in the earth today. He is not, it is not God to make you sick so that you can't go out and do what He commanded you to do. That just doesn't make logical sense. So reason number 26 was He is the vine, we are the branches. Reason number 27 was our bodies are members of Christ. You ready for reason number 28? See, I can feel hope springing up in y'all. Man, we're going through these reasons quick. Reason number 28, we're certain that healing is the will of God is because our body is the temple of God. Our body is the temple of God. In 1 Corinthians 6, in verses 19 and 20 in the New King James, is what I'm going to read to you. 6, 19 and 20. says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So your body, someone say, my body body. is a house for God. God. Do you think he wants a broken down, sick house? I mean, what kind of house do you want? Do you want a house that's like rodent infested, roaches running all over, spider laden, black mold in the walls, termites in the floor joists? No, you don't want a house like that. We have enough sense to know that. Well, why would he want a house like that? Point at yourself. 
Say, the Holy Spirit lives in this house. 1 Corinthians 3. I'll read three verses there. Start at verse 9. He makes a statement. He said that you are God's building. He said you are God's field and you're His building. God's building. Someone say, I'm God's building. Look at verse 16 in, in chapter 3. He says, don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's sanctuary, God will de destroy him. For God's sanctuary is holy. And that is what you are. Someone say, I am holy. Yeah, see, you knew where I was going with that. See, He made us holy and He made your body holy. So again, what kind of house does God want? If you look at the Old Testament temple, the Old Covenant temple, what kind of house did He want then? Man, it was made, I mean, beautiful. Like nothing compared to it. Overlaid in the finest of everything. The expert craftsmen for everything. I mean, like it was amazing. And all of it because God wanted the best. So, would He want the best today? I'm going to read to you out of Leviticus chapter 14, starting in verse 36. Now, we're going to look at an example of what a priest and a house and all this stuff, and because our bodies are houses for God. And so, in the Old Covenant, um, if someone found mildew in their house, they were supposed to go to the priest and let the priest know, hey, there's mold in my house. And so in, in Leviticus 14, verse 36, the priest must order them to clear the house before he enters to examine the contamination so that nothing in the house becomes unclean. Afterward, the priest will come to examine the house. He will examine it, and if the contamination in the walls of the house consists of green or red indentions that appear to be beneath the surface of the wall, the priest is to go outside the house to his doorway and say, the Lord has really blessed this house. This is a blessing in disguise. Nope, that's not what it says. It says the priest is to go outside to the doorway and quarantine the house for seven days. Notice that there's, there's no insinuation that this is a blessing from God. Quite the opposite. In fact, it's time to remodel. Let's keep reading. The priest is to return on the seventh day and examine it. And if the contamination has spread on the walls of the house, the priest must order that the stones with the contamination be pulled out, thrown into an unclean place outside the city. He is to have the inside of the house completely scraped and the plaster that's scraped off must be dumped in in an unclean place outside the city. Then they must take different stones to replace the former ones and take additional plaster to replaster the house. So if the first cleaning doesn't do the job, doesn't correct the problem, then what we're going to read next, the house gets totally destroyed. But notice the two cleanings because we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Verse 43, if the contamination reappears in the house after the stones have been pulled out and after the house has been scraped and replastered, the priest must come and examine it. And if the contamination has spread in the house, it is a harmful mildew. The house is unclean. It must be torn down with its stones, its beams, and all its plaster taken outside the city to an unclean place. And then a new one gets built in its place. Resurrection much? See the similarities? See, we have to put our foot down and just refuse to accept sickness and disease in the house of God. It cannot be the will of God for His house to be defiled. 
Verse 47, whoever lies down in the house is to wash his clothes, and whoever eats is to wash his clothes. But when the priest comes and examines it, if the contamination has not spread in the house after it was replastered, he is to pronounce the house clean because the contamination has disappeared. He is to take two birds, cedar, wood, scarlet yarn, and hyssop to purify the house. He is to slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot containing fresh water. How many of you remember us reading about this and going through this earlier in one of the reasons? We did if you don't remember it. I'm glad I saw at least one head nodding. Uh, Verse 52, He will purify the house with the blood of the bird, the fresh water, the live bird, the cedar wood, the hyssop, and the scarlet yarn. All of those things point forward to Jesus. Then He is to release the live bird into the open countryside outside in the city. In this way, He will make atonement for the house and it will be clean. This is the law. For any skin disease or mildew, for a scaly outbreak, for mildew in clothing or on a house, for a swelling, a scab, or a spot. To determine when something is unclean or clean, this is the law regarding skin disease and mildew. So here you see they immediately go from talking about physical houses to disease and sickness. And if you notice the atonement that happens, it is atonement in the spirit realm that affects the physical realm. Someone say, my body is the house of God. So I ask again, does the Lord appreciate a defiled house? No. Now, go to John chapter 2. Did you know that Jesus cleansed the temple twice? A lot of times people think He only did it once, but He did it two separate times. There was two temple cleansings, two times that He drove people out, two times that He, he cleansed the temple. The first time was in John chapter 2. It's right at the beginning of His ministry, immediately after He had turned water into wine, which is known as the first miracle. In John chapter 2, in verse 13, it says the Jewish Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple complex, He found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves, and He also found the money changers sitting there. After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple complex with their sheep and oxen. He also poured out the money changers' coins and overturned the tables. He told those who were selling doves, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. Do you think he's lost any zeal for his house? If he didn't like an unclean and defiled house then, what do you think he would be like now. No different, right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, the second cleansing takes place at the end of His ministry. This was at the first one. And then the second one takes place, and you can find it in Matthew 21. It's also in uh, Mark and Luke. You can find it. But I'm going to read from Matthew 21, verses 12 and 13. Jesus went into the temple complex and drove out all those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those selling doves. And He said to them, It is written, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. This second cleansing. Remember the house, the priest? If they came and cleansed it the second time, then they just completely destroyed it and built a new one. Well, that's what happened here. Jesus cleansed it twice, just like what was commanded in the law. He cleansed it twice, and after the second cleansing, it was completely destroyed. New temples were made, you and I. So, 
If the Lord was upset and angry at the defilement of His house then, how would He be any different now? In fact, if you'll notice, the cleansing of the temple was symbolic for the cleansing of our bodies from sickness and disease. Because notice what happens immediately after this. He throws them out. The very next verse, verse 14, the blind and the lame came to Him in the temple complex and He healed them. You see, He makes that direct connection. Clean the temple, you're healed. So reason number 26, why we believe that healing is the will of God is because He is the vine, we are the branches. Number 27, our bodies are members of Christ. And Christ is not sick. And reason number 28, our body is the temple of God. And He wants a clean house. So reason number 29, we are certain that healing is God's will because we are God's priests. We are God's priests. Let's go back to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 21. And verse 16, the Lord spoke to Moses. Tell Aaron... Now, Aaron is the high priest, right? So tell Aaron, none of your descendants throughout your generations who has a physical defect is to come near to present food, the food of his God. So the Lord is talking to the high priest and telling him that all your descendants who are the priests, none of you, if you have some sort of physical ailment, sickness, disease, you're not allowed to serve me as a priest. In verse 18, no man who has any defect is to come near. No man who is blind, lame. Now, could you be born blind or lame? Yeah, you could. Facially disfigured or deformed. No man who has a broken foot or hand or who is a hunchback or a dwarf or who has an eye defect, a festering rash, scabs or crushed testicles. No descendant of Aaron the priest who has a defect is to come near to present the fire offerings to the Lord. He has a defect and is not to come near to present the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God from what is especially holy as well as from what is holy. But because he has a defect, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar. He is not to desecrate my sanctuaries for I am Yahweh who sets them apart. Sickness, brokenness, deformity is all considered defilement for a priest. And if this was your condition, you were not allowed to function as a priest. Now, think about this for just a moment. Like I said, some of these conditions, they would have been born with, like dwarf. Right? You would have been born with this. So, why would God cause somebody to be born this way and then turn around and say, oh, but you can't serve me as a priest in this deviled state even though I made you this way. That doesn't make any sense at all, does it? You know, it wasn't God's will for them to be that way. That's the whole point. It wasn't His will for them to be that way. And God's not causing people to be, to be born with deformities and, and handicaps, mental handicap, physical handicap, whatever it may be. God's not the one that's doing it. You know, I hear people tell me, again, we believe a lot of crazy things, or people do anyhow. And I hear people talk about people that are handicapped in a physical or mental way, and they'll say, well, um, you know, because they're special, God made them this way. No, that's not true. That's a lie. Yes, they certainly are special, but that's not why God made them. God didn't make them with the sickness. 
right? And so we have to recognize that sickness is a curse. It is not of God. It would be unjust of God to say, I'm going to make you born with this, but you can't serve me with that. You're disqualified. What kind of God would that be? So He wasn't the one doing it. That's the point. God's not bipolar. No, 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 no. Just no. Yeah, just no. Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. If you're putting it on the screen, John, put it in the King James. I mean, the New King James. It says this, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler over the kings of the earth, to Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood, He has made us kings and priests, to His God and Father, to Him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In chapter 5, in verse 10, it says very, something very similar. It says, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. So are we His priests? So under the old Levitical law, were the priests allowed to... Did, did the Lord want His priests to have sickness in their body? Let's ask the question that way. No, He did not. In fact, in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, there's more language this way. Again, staying in the New King James, chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, it says, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. You are being built up a holy priesthood. Holy. Everyone say holy holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then if you go down to verse 9, he says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So back in the Old Covenant, God made it really super clear. He didn't want any deformity, any sickness, any disease, anything like that in His priests, and He considered it defilement. So has He changed today? And now He's just fine with all sorts of sickness, disease, defilement all through His priesthood. I mean, all of us, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, are a priest unto the Lord. All of us. No, He hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever is what the Word tells us. It's still His will for His priests to be whole, healthy, healed, free of sickness, free of disease. So reason number 29 why we believe that healing is the will of God is because we are God's priests. Let's look at reason number 30. Let's go back to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 22 and verse 17. I'm not going to tell you reason number 30 for a bit. Let's just read Scripture and see if you figure it out. Verse 17, The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites and tell them, remember, Aaron's a high priest. He's the one who offers sacrifices. Any man of the house of Israel over the foreign residents in Israel who presents his offering, whether they present a free will gifts or payments of vows to the Lord as burnt offerings, must offer an unblemished, everyone say unblemished, unblemished male from the cattle, sheep, or goats in order for you to be accepted. Say accepted. You are not to present anything that has a defect because it will not be accepted on your behalf. When a man presents 
a fellowship sacrifice to the Lord to fulfill a vow or a free will offering from the herd or flock, it has to be unblemished to be acceptable. There must be no defect in it. You are not to present any animal to the Lord that is blind, injured, maimed, or has a running sore, festering rash, or scabs. You may not put any of them on the altar as a fire offering to the Lord. Question, does God want defective sacrifices? No. You are not to present to the Lord anything that has bruised, crushed, torn, or severed testicles. You must not sacrifice them in your land. Neither you nor a foreigner are to present food to your God from any of these animals. They will not be accepted for you because they are deformed and have a defect. So to answer that question, no, he doesn't want a sick or blemished sacrifice. In Malachi in chapter 1, we see very similar things happening. Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, he says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. But if I am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's your fear of me? Says Yahweh of hosts to you priests. He's talking to the priests. He says, who despise my name? Yet you ask, well, how have we despised your name? And he tells them, by presenting defiled food. Now, we just read how food would be defiled. Sickness, deformity, defect, right? By presenting defiled food on my altar, you ask, how have we defiled you? Well, when you say the Lord's table is contemptible, when you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is, is it not wrong? And when you present a lame or sick animal, is it not wrong? Bring it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you or show you favor? Asks the Lord of hosts. And now, ask for the Lord God's favor. Will He be gracious to us? Since this has come from your hands, will He show any of you favor? Asks the Lord of hosts. I wish one of you would shut the temple doors so you would no longer kindle a useless fire on my altar. I'm not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will accept no offering from your hands. He's like, shut the door to the church. For my name will be great among the nations from the rising of the sun to its setting. Incense and pure offerings will be presented in my name in every place because my name will be great among the nations, says Yahweh of hosts. But you are profaning it when you say the Lord's table is defiled and its product, its food is contemptible. You also say, look, what a nuisance. And you scorn it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring stolen, lame, or sick animals. You bring this as an offering. Am I to accept that from your hands? Asks the Lord. You know, is God still the same today? Well, later in the same book, in chapter 3 and verse 6, he says, I am the Lord, I do not change. He makes the statement. I am the Lord, I do not change. So reason number 30, why we believe from the Bible that healing is God's will is because our bodies are a living sacrifice to the Lord. Let's go over to Romans chapter 12. Romans 12, verse 1. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies, not your spirit, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. Pleasing or acceptable. You could put in either word there. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. Now the holy part makes sense to most of us. We get that part. Right? He makes us holy. Yeah, okay, present yourself holy, not with sin on you. The part that is a little bit blind to us or that we forget about is the pleasing acceptable part. So that we may be presented as a living sacrifice to the Lord that's holy 
and pleasing, holy and acceptable to the Lord. So what sort of condition were the sacrifices supposed to be in to be considered holy and pleasing to the Lord? They were supposed to be unblemished, right? No defects. Good, strong, healthy. Whole and clean. And if he wanted the best back then, he surely wants the best still today. So maybe you have the question, you say, well, if I have sickness in my body, does that make me unacceptable to the Lord? So as his priest, as a member of his body, as a living sacrifice, does that make me unacceptable to the Lord? Notice that it wasn't the lamb that was unacceptable, it was the defect that was unacceptable. Take the defect away from the lamb, the lamb's perfectly acceptable. Nothing wrong with the lamb. So it's not, you are not defective if you have sickness or disease in your body. You might have a defect in your body, but that's not you. Don't identify with it. Sickness is darkness. Don't identify with darkness. And you need to stand up and you need to say, no, this is not me. This sickness, this disease is a foreign intruder in my body that has no rights in my body. And you go and stand before the Lord and you present your body as the temple of God and declare it to be free of disease. I am healed by His wounds. And you just say what He says. Don't identify with it. You know, you don't have to accept it. Even if you were born with it, you know, with God all things are possible. I mean, Jesus healed the maimed. Maimed means it's a missing part. Whether by accident or born that way, and suddenly missing parts are there. He healed the maimed. So surely He can heal you and I. Become completely convinced that God didn't do this to me. It is not His will for my life. Let's just say this. I am a living sacrifice. God wants me whole. He wants me healthy. He wants me to be strong. It is the will of God. All things are possible to Him that believes. And I believe. You know, Jesus said that these signs would follow them that believe. Do you believe? Yes. So what should I do if my body is in an unacceptable condition? Notice I didn't say my body's unacceptable. I said it's in an un- unacceptable condition. What should I do? How should I handle it? That unacceptable condition being like sickness, disease, deformity, blah, blah, blah. All those ugly things. Go over to the Gospel of Luke. And we're going to see what you should do. If you find a foreign intruder defiling the temple of God. Luke chapter 17 and verse 11. So while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men with serious skin diseases met him. They stood at a distance and raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he told them, go show yourselves to the priests. And while they were going, they were healed. So before they started going, we talked about this a week or two ago, before they started going, they still had leprosy on them, covered in this disease, and the law stated that you were not allowed to go to the priest until you were healed, until you were clean. 
And then you went for them to pronounce you clean. But in this case, Jesus is saying, go and present yourself to the priest. And as they went, as they put faith to what Jesus said, Jesus is the Word, He is the truth, faith comes from hearing, hearing from the Word. As they put wheels, steps, to what Jesus said, that's called faith, healing came and was there. So what should you do if you find your body in an unacceptable condition? Go present yourself to your high priest. Go present yourself to your high priest. Don't wait until it's gone to say, okay, now I'm healed. But go present yourself to your high priest. His name's Jesus. Present yourself as whole, as healed in His presence. Declare that by His wounds you're healed. Do that. Keep doing that. And refuse to look at anything else. All things are possible to him that believes. Reason number 31. Why we're certain that healing is the will of God for everybody. You, me, and everyone in between. Because we are the bride of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. Question for you. What sort of husband wants his bride to be sick? Well, I'm going to teach her a lesson and make her sick. Can can she, you know, sickness is a thief. When she's sick, now their fellowship suffers. She can't go with them places. She can't do the things that's required of her in the household. And it's just a thief all the way around. It's not a blessing in disguise. In fact, if you go to um, Ephesians chapter 5, you know, Christ in the church is a type of marriage. And it gives us an example there in Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. Well then, it stands to reason, if we're supposed to do like Jesus does and Jesus is making us sick, then we ought to make our wives sick. Give her some poison. Put a little bit something bad in her food. Make her sick. I mean, I'm sure it's going to bless her. No, that's just silly, isn't it? See, when we put it this way, we we understand and we see it real clearly. Verse 26, he goes on, he says, to make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the Word. And he did this to present the church to himself sick and broken down and worn out. See how ridiculous that gets? No. He did this to present the church, that's you and I, individual members of His body, to present us, how? With in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or anything like that. (laughs) That would cover pretty much all sickness and disease, wouldn't it? Anything like that. But holy and blameless. Let's say it a different way. Holy and acceptable. Holy and acceptable. In the same way, aha, there it is. In the same way, right? So we shouldn't be making our wives sick. Husbands are to love their wives as their own bodies. Who loves, he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hates his own flesh, but provides and cares for it just as Christ does for the church. Since we are members of His body, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Say, I'm His bride. And I'm pretty, he says. Well, let's say some more declarations. I'm convinced that healing is God's will 
that He bore my sickness, that He carried my pains. By His wounds, I am healed. It has always been His will to heal. It is still His will. And it always will be His will. Now aren't you glad about that? Reason number 32. See, this is the seventh one for tonight. And we're, we're even way ahead of schedule. Look at that. All things are possible to him that believes. Don't even have to preach long for it. But we're not done. Maybe this one will go for a long time. Reason number 32. Why we believe that healing is absolutely, positively, without a doubt, the will of God is because he said so. <laughs> because he said so. You know, sometimes I give my children, I tell them to do something and they wonder why. And I say, because I said so. And in my house, my word is the authority and I said so. Well, this house belongs to him. And he said so. So that just settles it. You can believe it or not believe it. That just is going to to decide the degree that you walk into it, right? But it's still true. He still said it, and it's still so. The only thing that matters is what He says. doesn't matter what anyone else says. I'm going to have somebody else give you 32 reasons why it's not God's will to heal people. So what were the reasons tonight? Number 26 was He is the vine, we are the branches. 27, our bodies are members of Christ. 28, our body is the temple of God. 29, we are God's priests. Number 30, our bodies are a living sacrifice to the Lord. Number 31, we are the bride of Christ. And number 32, because He said so. Alright? Really simple right there. Now, we are going to look at 100 things Wow, if I would have told my wife that on the way here, she would have said, man, you're out of your mind. (laughs) We're going to look at 100 things before we're done tonight of what God said about healing. What He said to somebody about healing. Some of it applies to everyone. Some of it was to an individual. We're going to look at 100 things. And I borrowed this list from uh, Keith Moore. He has it on his website. He has 101 things. I disagree with one of his points, so I turned it into a hundred and took that one away. All right. So if you want to see the list, um, I'm going to we're going to put this list up on our website, and you can find it there because I didn't have time to print out enough for all of y'all. Else I'd have handed them out. So here is what the Lord and these things are are let's just put it this way: these statements are taken directly from the Bible with little to no variation. Now, there were some verbs and construction words changed to apply to us personally and to sum up the thought in some instances. Um, Also, many of these, keep in mind, are uh, conditional promises. If you obey the command of the Lord and then the promise, right? So so it's not all just a, a, a promise of regardless how you live. Some of these are conditional. So what did God say? This is out of the Old Covenant. God said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He said, you shall be buried in a good old age. Now when we put this online, you'll see the reference to each one of them. He said, you shall come to your grave in a full age like as a shock of corn cometh in his season. 
He said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. He said, I will take sickness away from the midst of you and the number of your days I will fulfill. He said, I will not put any disease you are afraid of on you, but I will take away all sickness from you. He said, it is well with you. Your days shall be multiplied and prolonged as the days of heaven upon the earth. I turned the curse and the blessing unto you because I loved you. I have redeemed you from every sickness and every plague. As your days, so shall your strength be. I have found a ransom for you. Your flesh shall be fresher than a child's and you shall return to the days of your youth. That was said to Job. Because of Job. Number 12, he said, I have healed you and brought up your soul from the grave. I have kept you alive from going down into the pit. He said, I will give you strength and bless you with peace. He said, I will preserve you and keep you alive. He said, I will strengthen you upon the bed of languishing. I will turn all your bed in your sickness. He said, I am the health of your countenance and your God. He, he said, no plague shall come near your dwelling. He went on and said more. He said, I will satisfy you with long life. He said, I'll heal all your diseases. Are you recognizing any of these? <coughs> he said, I sent my word and healed you and delivered you from your destructions. You shall not die, but live and declare my works. I heal your broken heart and bind up your wounds. The years of your life shall be many. Trusting me brings health to your navel and marrow to your bones. My words are life to you and health and medicine to all your flesh. That was our reason number one, wasn't it? Number 26 here. My, God, my good report makes your bones fat. My pleasant words are sweet to your soul and health to your bones. See, when someone complains about your weight, you can just say, Now nah, the Lord has blessed my bones. I'm big bones. My joy is your strength. A merry heart does good like medicine. The eyes of the blind shall be opened. The eyes of them that see shall not be dim. The ears of the deaf shall be, un deaf shall be unstopped. The ears of them that hear shall hearken. The tongue of the dumb shall sing. The tongue of the stammerers shall be ready to speak plainly. The lame man shall leap as a heart. I will recover you and make you to live. I am ready to save you. I give power to the faint. I increase strength to them that have no might. I will renew your strength. I will strengthen and help you. To your old age and gray hairs, I will carry you and I will deliver you. I bore your sickness. I carried your pains. I was put to sickness for you. With my stripes, you are healed. I will heal you. Your light shall bring forth as the morning and your health shall spring forth speedily. I will restore health unto you and I will heal you of your wounds, saith the Lord. Behold, I will bring it health and cure. I will cure you and will reveal unto you the abundance of peace and truth. I will bind up that which is broken and will strengthen that which was sick. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I shall put my spirit in you and you shall live. Whithersoever the rivers shall come, shall live. They shall be healed and everything shall live where the river comes. Seek me and you shall live. I have arisen with healing in my wings. That's all old covenant. Now let's go to new covenant. 
Many of these that I'm going to read now are the words Jesus spoke. I will be thou clean. Does that sound familiar? I took your infirmities. I bore your sickness. If you're sick, you need a physician. Well, remember, I am the Lord, your physician. is one of the names of the Lord. I am moved with compassion toward the sick and I heal them. I heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. According to your faith, be it unto you. I give you power and authority over all unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. I heal them all. As many as touch me are made perfectly whole. Healing is the children's bread. I do all things well. I make the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. If you can believe, all things are possible to you that believe. When hands are laid on you, you shall recover. My anointing heals the brokenhearted, delivers the captives, recovers sight to the blind, sets at liberty those that are bruised. I heal all those who have need of healing. I am not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Behold, I give you authority over all the enemy's power, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Sickness is satanic bondage, and you ought to be loosed today. In me is life. I am the bread of life. I give you life. The words I speak unto you are spirit and life. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I am the resurrection and the life. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Faith in my name makes you strong and gives you perfect soundness. How do you like that? Faith in His name makes you perfectly sound and strong. Number 76, I stretch forth my hand to heal. I, Jesus Christ, make you whole. I do good and heal all that are oppressed of the devil. Paraphrase of Acts 10.38 My power causes diseases to depart from you. The law of the Spirit of life in me has made you free from the law of sin and death. One of our favorites. The same Spirit that raised me from the dead now lives in you. And that Spirit will quicken your mortal body. Your body is a member of Me. Your body is a temple of My Spirit. And you're to glorify Me in your body. If you'll rightly discern My body which was broken for you and judge yourself, you'll not be judged and you'll not be weak, sickly, or die prematurely. That's in 1 Corinthians 11. I have set gifts of healing in My body. My life may be made manifest in your mortal flesh. I have delivered you from death. I do deliver you. And if you trust Me, I will yet deliver you. I have given you My name and have put all things under your feet. I want it to be well with you and I want you to live long on the earth. I have delivered you from the authority of darkness. I will deliver you from every evil work. I tasted death for you. I destroyed the devil who had the power of death. I've delivered you from the fear of death and bondage. I wash your body, someone say my body, with pure water. Lift up the weak hands and the feeble knees. Don't let that which is lame be turned aside, but rather let me heal it. It's in Hebrews 12, 12 and 13. Let the elders anoint you and pray for you in my name and I will raise you up. Pray for one another and I will heal you. By my stripes you were healed. My divine power has given unto you all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Me. Whosoever will let him come and take of the water of life freely. 
Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. That is the Lord's will for you. Someone say, I believe it. All right, worship team, you can come. Seven reasons and a hundred things God said. Miracles still happen. Listen, tonight as, as we worship in song, if you need healing in your body, just reach out to the Lord and receive it. Believe it. Present yourself as a temple to the Lord, holy, acceptable, pleasing to Him because He bore my pains and my sicknesses. He carried all of that away for me. By His wounds I'm healed. And let's go to our high priest and present ourselves that way to the Lord. Stand with me. Father, I ask that You would, by Your Spirit, continue to bring illumination to Your Word concerning Your will about healing and health and living long in the earth and being effective workers in Your kingdom. Father, I ask that this series that we have looked at and examined Your Word, Lord, that You would cause us to have it be in our spirit in such a degree that your faith just wells up in us. That we remember in those moments when questions come that no, this is not your will for us. I ask you to remind us by your spirit in those moments. Remind us about the pieces that you taught us in these last weeks. And the time that we need it, that we would rise up and stand in faith and receive from you. Father, I present each one here to you. You are our healer. We recognize that. And we just look to You for divine health. We look to You for divine healing in our bodies even right now. If you need healing, just go ahead and reach out to the Lord and say, I receive from You. By His wounds, I was healed. Thank You, Lord. You are good in every way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for being our high priest. Thank you for making us holy and acceptable unto you. I thank you, Father, that you've given us life and you've given it to us more abundantly, spiritually, in our soul, and in our body. You have been so, so good to us. You've always been faithful. You've never let us down. We're so grateful to call you Daddy. We're so grateful to be counted as yours. We're so grateful, Father, to know you and to be known by you. I bless you, Lord. You know, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Branches do not visit the vine from time to time. It's a place of abiding. It's a place of belonging. It's a place of not departing from it. So for you and I, I just sense the Lord telling us that he wants to, he wants us to abide. Not visit on weekends. He wants us to abide. Take the time at home 
in your private place, in your secret place, and worship the Lord. Worship Him. He is worthy of our worship. Father, I bless these people in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I ask for your Holy Spirit to come down on this house, down upon every person here, within and upon us, and fill us afresh and anew. Lord, I ask that you stretch forth your hand at the preaching of your word and perform signs and wonders in this community, throughout this nation, throughout the world. Lord, your body in the earth, we believe that all things are possible to him that believes, to him who has the name of Jesus. Someone say, Jesus. Lord, I ask you to continue to draw us into the secret place. Draw us into the intimate place. And Lord, if we allow ourselves to get too busy, I'm asking you, please, arrest us. Pull us back. Draw us back when we get off. We give you permission. Someone say, Amen. Well, one way we love God is by loving Jesus and His body. And you are the body. So love on one another as you go. We have a time of fellowship downstairs. Everyone's invited. so much for coming to Church of the Word International here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You know, the joy of the Lord is healing. Do you know that? It brings healing and wholeness to your life. Wow, praise God. I'd like to encourage us tonight in our worship time together in Psalm 63. It says, Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee, my my soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. To see thy power and thy glory so that I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. You know, the dead next door are not blessing the Lord. Do you know that? They can't. Those, not them, but those. Them. <laughs> Just so they understand. <laughs> them, over there in that cemetery. Glory to God. All right, where was I? My goodness. I will bless the Lord while I live. Everybody take a deep breath and say, I bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. See, 
you got opportunity to do that. While I live, I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with, with marrow and fatness. Everybody say fatness. Fatness. Isn't that a good word, fatness? I just got the joy of the Lord on me tonight. I'm telling you. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Don't tell him that. <laughs> when I remember thee upon thy bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Do you know the Lord your helper? Therefore, in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul falleth hard after thee. There's a, a persistence. There's a tenacity in your following after him. And thy right hand upholdeth me. Don't we have so much to thank God for? Don't we have so much to rejoice in? Let's stand up together. We have so much to praise him and be thankful. So let's not lose our opportunity tonight. Amen. Amen. There is victory here tonight. Amen. His name is Jesus. Amen. How many are grateful for that victory? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Do we have Levi Lap family in here? Oh, okay, you're hiding over here. If you would, bring your little one. We're going to have a baby dedication. You know, when one person is born again into the kingdom, it says all heaven rejoices at that life that's given. Well, when new life is given in the earth, we also rejoice, right? We rejoice because we recognize that it is a miracle of God, that this little one has been given. And if, you've, if, if you're a parent here and you've watched a birth, you know what I mean, that when you see that little one come out, you're like, what just happened isn't possible. How, how, how does this work? And you see and you recognize that this is a miracle. And God made it possible. So welcome to Church of the Word, Dorothy Lou. A gift of God. Well, as you know, we ask a series of questions to you as parents, to you as a congregation. And so you can answer we do when we get to those places. So to you, Levi and Andrea, do you desire that your child will grow in the fear and admonition of the Lord? And do you promise to provide for Dorothy a Christian home where God is honored and His Word is taught? Do you pledge yourself to live in such a way that your words and actions will commend Jesus and His church to Dorothy? Do you promise that you will be a spiritual guide for Dorothy, praying and watching for the day when she will be ready to receive Christ as personal Lord and Savior. All right, to you the people, do you the people of God in this church, Church of the Word International, covenant 
with Levi and Andrew to provide a loving church home for Dorothy? We do. Do you promise to continue teaching the Bible in this church so that Dorothy will never lack hearing the truth of God's Word? We do. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this precious gift of life. The gift of God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that all the things that you've planned for her that are set in motion already, we just ask you, Lord, to bring people alongside her to accomplish it. I ask you, Lord, to um, that your angels, as you promised, would protect her all the days of her life, that no harm would come to her, that no plan in her life would ever succeed. Thank you, Father, for divine wisdom to Levi and Andrea as they raise Dorothy up to love you, to worship you, to serve you. Give them understanding that goes way past any experience they have. Understanding that's divine, Lord. That they know what to do even before it happens. I thank you for this. Father, we present Levi and Andrea and we at Church of the Word present Dorothy to you as yours in Jesus' name. And amen. Would you like to say anything? All right. Jen has something for you as well as Pat. Hallelujah. All right, we are going to release the children and teachers and ministry workers to their various stations. And as they go, take a moment, say hello to somebody, hug somebody, welcome someone. Well, good evening, everyone. Good to see you all again. Well, we'd like to welcome anyone that's here for the first time, or maybe you're just a visitor here. We'd like to welcome you. Anyone that's a guest for the first time, could we have you raise your hand so we can welcome you? Right over here in the back. Good to have you with us. Yes. We trust the Lord has something to minister to your heart tonight. So if you want, you can fill that out and um, put that in the offering basket. If you have any prayer requests or anything like that, feel free to share those. We're, we're going to uh, prepare to return the tithe to the Lord this evening. So if you need a cash envelope, uh, you can raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. If you're giving by credit card, do you fill out all of the blanks? You know, the tithe is the Lord's. Did you know that Scripture says, we know that from Scripture, that the tithe belongs to the Lord. And in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, it says this, says, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed... <clears throat> excuse me, of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And then also, if you read further down in the chapter, it says um, that the tithe of the herds and the flocks are holy to the Lord. Now, this was their currency. They didn't have dollar bills. So this was their currency. And in Malachi 3, verse 6 says this, is for I, the Lord, do not change. And then he goes on and talks to them about Return to me, because they had left him. They had walked away from the Lord. He says, return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how will we return? Well, this is how you return to the Lord. He says in verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. Well, you don't rob from somebody something that didn't first belong to them, right? So it's just bringing further out here that the tithe belongs to the Lord. 
If you're sitting here saying, well, yeah, but this is Old Testament. You know, this is, that's, that's law. That's, you know, this doesn't apply to me. That's Old Testament. Well, um, then you need to know your Bible a little better because tithing predated the law. Tithing was, I mean, if you study into Abraham, it was before the law. It was reestablished in the law. But then if you read on through scriptures, you know, we see it in the New Testament too. And I know I could go into, I don't, we don't have time to go into Abraham and all of that now, but, but Abraham tithed. So it predates the law just like loving God predates the law. Faith predates the law. Loving your neighbor predates the law. It's all there. Uh, and Jesus said this. I will say this from the New Testament. Uh, Jesus said we should tithe. Remember when he was rebuking the Pharisees? And he says, you know, you tithe mint and rue. I don't know what that is, but mint and rue and every herb, but you neglect justice and the love of God. He says these you ought to have done without neglecting the others. Now, if tithing had been done away with, it was going to be just negated. Why didn't he say, you know, it's justice and the love of God that counts. And what are you messing around with tithing for? That's just here nor there. He didn't say that. He says you ought to have done that. Also in Luke 20, he says this. He said, render to Caesar. You know, and the, they brought him this question trying to trick him up. And he says about the taxes and stuff. And he says, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So is there a portion that is the Lord's? Yes, there is. And maybe, you know, some say, well, it's all God's. It's all God's. Well, you know, that is good to have that surrendered heart, right? Everything, God has access to everything of mine. But if everything was God's, why did he say a portion of it was Caesar's? Then you're robbing from God and giving it to Caesar if it's all God's. And if it's all God's, how can I ever give him an offering? It's all his. You know, if if I come over here and... Karen, I give you your purse. <laughs> did, did I give her a purse? No, that was hers. So if it's all God's, we can't give him anything. You know, it's all his already. So all that to say, the tithe is the Lord's, and he consider, considers it uh, the holy portion. So we are glad we have the tithe covenant because there's promise with being a tither. All right, so let's take a hold of that, and let's believe God for the promise. Father, we're so grateful to you for the tithe covenant. We're glad that we have that. We're glad about that, Lord. So I just, we present the tithes to you and any offerings. We ask you to bless the tithes. We ask you to multiply any offerings. And I just thank you, Lord, that you have an answer for every obstacle we could ever come across. You have an answer to every need that we could ever, ever encounter. And we just thank you that you're so good and faithful. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets, and the people give it to the Lord. Um, in the bulletin here, we've got our Friday evening, the Ghana fundraiser gala coming up. So if you've signed up for that, we look forward to seeing you. If you didn't sign up and you want to see Troy, and Troy's back there waving at everybody, there's Troy. <sighs> the ladies in waiting, that's coming up April 17th. Um, Wednesday is the last day that you can sign up for that. So if you haven't yet and want to, you need to get on it. Promptly at 9 o'clock. Also, CityGate is tomorrow morning at 11.15 in Columbia, and there's still room to go along with that if you would like to. That's our local ministry outreach, ministering to the people on the streets. So if you haven't signed up, there's still room for you. 
uh, Karen Burroughs can give you some more information or show up at in Columbia at 1115. All right.